0: Navigator Asia's monthly podcast, The Epony Food and Beverage Trailblazers. This is a series where we speak to and get to know more about groundbreaking food and beverage firms in the Asia Pacific region, as well as the people behind them and their stories. I am Perley, the editor of Food Navigator Asia, and as always, I am your host for this series. Joining me today is Karen Lum, country director at Thoughtful Food. A Singapore-based plant-based firm that has developed a range of dry form and ready-to-eat plant-based products, focused on convenience and versatility. So, hello, Karen. Welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, thanks for having me. Really great to have you here. And I think the first thing I would like to start with is about Thoughtful Food itself and your work with plant-based products. So, one of your unique points, you know, your focus with your initial range was that the fact that these came in a dry format. So, could you please tell us a bit more about the range? So the company started in 2020 mm-hmm.
1: and the first range of products that we came up with is uh, dry protein powder mixes, which requires um, adding of cold water uh, to let it fully soak through. And um, after a couple of um, hours, it, it you you get vegan mincemeat forms. And that provides versatility for chefs and caterers uh, to mold them uh, to their preferences. Um, and because they all come Unseasoned and un- unformed. So they have free hand in terms of creating different recipes uh, rather than you know having to stick to a certain uh, uh, characteristic uh, flavor to work with. So that allows them to use them across all kind of cuisines. We have been actually quite lucky in a sense uh, because of how clean the product is in the mix. Uh, many of the healthcare institutions and school signers are. So we have had um, the opportunity would be to work with very reputable hospitals like National University Hospital and Singapore Sports School, for example. In September uh, this year, 2023, we introduced a small range of ready-to-eat light meals, uh, which are also uh, uh, retort uh, and retorted. Sorry, they are retorted and uh, dry ambient. So the reason why our company has always been staying with um, dry and ambient products is, well, that's actually our angle of where sustainability comes in. Because plant-based, yes, you know, we eat less meat, but at the same time, we do not want to have our products be transported, you know, um, daily around the region or from point A to point B in refrigerated temperature-controlled trucks. Because that's also where a lot of the carbon emission comes in. So I think uh, sticking to a dry um, format of products that we introduce to the market is one of our
0: tiny contribution in terms of uh, sustainability. In addition to the sustainability sort of advantages, are there any sorts, other sorts of benefits or advantages that you know formulating in terms of a dry format you know can bring to the consumer actually? Mm-hmm. So one being dry, um, for example, the dry powder mix, it's actually
1: very straightforward uh it doesn't require expensive equipment to go through ultra processing so number one we are keeping the level processing very minimal and therefore we also do not need to put in a lot of additives or preservatives because we have been preserving foods but through dehydration for thousands of years so it's nothing actually very new and also by keeping it dry as well we are also providing a longer shelf life
0: for the consumers we are also encouraging less food wastage. Right now, what are the markets you are in apart from Singapore or is it just in Singapore? At the Lincoln. moment, we are still in Singapore.
1: Mm-hmm. But um, I think with the uh, recent launch of our uh, Ready to Eat Light like, Meals, we've, got, we've gotten quite a fair bit of uh, mm-hmm. interest coming from within our region. Uh, regional neighbors, okay. uh, namely like Malaysia and mm-hmm. um, Australia. Mm-hmm. So they have been uh, reaching out to
0: us to know more about products, and we are uh, talking with them to see how we can get them out of Singapore. Where would you see the greatest opportunities, essentially? I mean, of course, these are the interested countries, but in mm-hmm. terms of the opportunities, where would you see the most mm-hmm. in terms of plant based um, ready to eat? Mm-hmm. I would say everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because mainly,
1: I, I guess everybody's lifestyle is getting busier now. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, as much as the part of us, yes, we, we like to prepare our own food at times, but then it is a fact that, especially like in Singapore, right, uh, we, lead, we, we, we lead such busy lifestyles that, you know, it's back-to-back meetings and then uh, six or seven, we leave the office and we get back home. The last thing you want is get in the kitchen and, and cook. So there are times whereby we, we want fast solutions but uh, while looking for fast solutions, I mean, I think we are also a lot more aware of our health you now. Following the pandemic, everybody is a lot more conscious. We eat more carefully. So I think that's where we want to marry, you know, convenience and also uh, with nutrition. Yeah, to provide that
0: that 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 sort of uh you know uh option for the consumers. If we look go a little wider, we look a little wider sure. at the industry per se. You know. Is plant based still something that is really on trend right now? What are some of the drivers that you are seeing helping to sort of continue this push? I would think that plant based is no longer just a
1: trend. Maybe three, four, five years ago, people would think, oh, it's a fat, it's a trend. But I honestly think that it's no longer a trend. It's more mainstream. In fact, if we looked at uh, you know, we just walked down Orchard, for example, any of the cafes street or whatnot, uh. Almost everyone has at least a few plant-based items on the menu now. And uh, within my circle of friends who are vegetarians or vegans, uh, they're finding it a lot easier now to order food. Um, you know, whereas in the past it's like okay, it's either tofu, mushroom, or salad. Yeah. So and, and so I definitely do not think it's it's a trend. It's definitely here to stay, and it is definitely also increasingly popular in terms of. Uh, Regional wise, uh, countries like South Korea, um, they are increasingly, you know, uh, being more active in this sector. So I would think at least in Southeast Asia, I see a lot of potential um, that is not only just here to stay, but I,
0: I think it's increasingly getting, you know, more and more popular. A, a lot of um, brands are sort of telling me that they are facing some very major challenges mm-hmm. in terms of sales, in terms of acceptability, and mm-hmm. things like that. So I'm wondering what are the what are the major challenges that, you know, thoughtful food is facing in terms of market expansion, acceptability, commercialization, anything in this area? And would you say that, you know, I know you said it's mainstream now, but mm. to go fully mainstream, do you think there's anything still in the way? Oh, lots. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly costs? Mm. I would think so. Mm-hmm. Yes, because we
1: cannot deny, especially now with even more wars happening prices of ingredients, materials are shooting up and it will continue to increase. Mm-hmm. So I, I think for all of us in the plant-based industry, uh, cost of materials is one of the major headache and pain points. And especially in Singapore where everything gets imported. Um, manpower, uh, there is also a challenge in terms of getting the right talents into the industry because yes, we very, very encouraging in Singapore uh, There's a lot more encouragement for students to take on, uh, you know, uh, AcryTech and whatnot, but it will still take them quite a fair bit number of years to get to that stage. So I think the lack of talent is also um, quite challenging. Um, Then there is also um, market consolidation that in terms of brands, because, uh, you know, maybe if we go back to five years, even pre-pandemic, where brands like big boys like Impossible and and beyond has just reached into the region. Uh, there were a lot of novelty, a lot of uh, marketing, yeah. which I give full credit to them. But then, as more and more brands start jumping into the wagon, doing their own brands, because there's OEM manufacturing now as well. So consumers are getting an onslaught of brands left, right. You know, uh, you see ten brands of nuggets in cold storage. Ten brands, twelve brands of burger patties in cold storage. So, um, so I, I think we are going through a correction period. Yeah, because consumers will taste, and then if the the texture, the taste, and the price do not match up to their expectation, many of them will just drop off. And would they even repeat buy? No. Or would they even try another brand to continue? Mm. No, because they may be disappointed and they will just say, oh, base doesn't taste good Mm -hmm. and they will not come back. Mm -hmm. So I think we are going through this period of correction like any other industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it will still take a couple of years for us to fully get stabilized to a
0: point. And, uh, but it's not all bad. Mm. Yeah, it's normal. Moving on from that, what are your plans for Todd Food Food in the APEC region moving forward in terms of business development? The immediate plan by Q4 is definitely to dive deeper into the
1: vertical with at least three more flavors, Mm -hmm. uh, more Asian-driven flavors, so they kind of complete that mini-range. And at the same time, we are also trying to work uh, with um, the R&D department uh, to create new verticals, hopefully to also incorporate some... um, um, uh, upcycling materials. Yeah, with mm-hmm. the local companies, mm-hmm. so it could be spent barley grains or whatnot. Uh, we are working on that because we we want to kind of close the, the you know the circular, um, sustainability mm-hmm. movement thing and, and work that into the story as well. But um, so this is Singapore. Um, uh, but like um, mm-hmm. Singapore is a small domestic market, so definitely uh, it's always in the plans that if we are able to prove this concept, um, uh, you know, uh, well. We will want to expand regionally and get these products to our neighboring or regional, uh, uh, countries mm-hmm. as far as the Europe or even America, that would also be, be great because I think we really need to scale up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And with scaling that's, that's where our costs will all come down
0: yep. and then we can, uh, um, you know, pass on the savings to the consumers mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. quickly. Now, I'd like to switch focus a little bit, find out a little bit more about your own entrepreneurial journey. So, I understand a lot of your background has been in retail and food service. So, thoughtful food is definitely more brand manufacturing yes. side of things in the food industry. So, what have you opted, you know, to make this change, take on this challenge, you know, and then start with a rather novel, I think, at the time when you started, food yes. category? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I took a huge leap of faith to be very honest. Mm. Because while well, my background you're yeah, right,
1: I've always been in F and B operations mm-hmm. uh and all retail operations. So um, being culinary trained. So it's mm. it's food is my passion. Yeah, you put me I, I don't think I can survive in another industry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the reason why I decided to hop into um, the plant based uh, mm-hmm. movement or industry is um, it's very health driven. Mm. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I get some of the experiences within the family, whereby you know my dad was experienced, well he my dad gone through a few episodes mm. of bad health, and uh, as and at the same time as we age, you are starting to become a lot more conscious about you know how you want to live your life, mm. uh, uh, how you want to lead um, a healthier lifestyle. So and because. If you know F&B industry, the hours have always been crazy. And that took a personal toll onto my health. So I guess all these kind of, um, you know, came together. And, and I started thinking harder about what I really want to, to do at this, I guess, late stage of um, founding a company. <laughs> and why plant-based in particular is also um, SVH. It's natural that you will want to stop or I guess. The doctors will tell you, reduce your meat intake. Mm-hmm. And, and I do see a potential, yeah, because every every country around us, you know, or regionally or globally, um, we are facing aging society. Mm-hmm. So we will all come to a stage where whereby health will be the top major concern. So I see
0: this industry will, will become more and more important. I think in our in our society, yeah. plant based you're connecting in the sense like very directly to the healthy aging side. To of things. the healthy aging mm. nutrition side of things, and also mainly because um before
1: I really fully made up my mind to come to to do something about the plant based uh you know products is that um I saw a lot of imports at that beginning stage where mm-hmm. plant based was introduced. Um yes, they tasted nice. However, I started reading the labels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and diving into what went into these products, honestly, I wasn't very happy about the long list of ingredients that I could not even pronounce. So if I'm going down the journey eventually into eating products that are made of plant-based and, and, or, or less meat, I would like to eat cleaner products. So I, I think um, even as a whole industry, you know, globally, we already are hearing a lot of consumers driving demands for cleaner labels. So, uh, this would be
0: important because if you're going to eat this for the next 10-20 years, it better be good products. So, we move back slightly to like in terms of like, you know, your move from, you know, food service mm. operations over into food manufacturing. I was wondering what, you know, were the biggest challenges you found or the biggest surprise to you when you make, you know, that change. It was You were still in food, but just a different side food. of it. Yes, tons of challenges, jargons
1: mm. <laughs> of the industry. Yes, yeah. and um, obviously the cost structure. When you're running a cafe, a restaurant or whatnot, um I, I guess I've been in the industry for, for so many years. It it, it became like natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh and uh how do we turn things around for customers is an immediate thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you face the customers yep. directly. So you're able to hear, get their feedbacks and quickly turn turn around mm-hmm. turn things around, right? But with manufacturing, I think uh for every turn of a situation, you need to be very conscious and smart and but and, and, and the fact is it does take time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, in order for us to for example come with a concept, mm-hmm. develop, uh get the ingredients right, put in the right flavors and, and making sure that you hit the sweet spot of what the mainstream consumers are asking for it took us eight months. <laughs> I had to teach myself to calm down a lot mm-hmm. and uh, to, to to kind of like write things down yeah. and follow through and, and, and learn at the same time. Uh, but I've been lucky because I've met many veterans within um, the, in, in the industry who are willing to share information and, and teach me along the way. Yeah, because it's just the way... Business is being uh, conducted. Mm. It's a lot more different now.
0: On that note, you know, is there anything that you wish you had known when you started out in the beginning, making this change? And if you had known this, would you have changed anything?
1: Definitely, I guess it would have been helpful if there were more um, information in or well, collective information openly shared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what I've learned, that I, I guess. And the an ugly truth for manufacturing is business about making money. Mm. Yeah. So when we create things naturally we want what we create what we created to make us money, right? Because that's how we survive. Else you wouldn't even step in. Of course. But however, you know, in this particular interesting plant based climate, conscious mm. industry, when we keep talking about, you know, saving Mother Earth, mm mm-hmm. So if, we, if every company starts patenting and start mm. keeping secrets okay. yeah, to themselves, and then, uh, well, how will we ever be able to effectively save the environment fast enough? Mm. That's where I'm coming from. But So I, I think there should be a lot more conversations, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that would have been very helpful because I really believe the young generation They are a lot more passionate about what how in in determining how they want to live now. So for them for us to entice these group of people to come on board and create a better world, you know, Mm -hmm. for all of us and for the future generation, um, it would be very helpful Mm -hmm. if there's a lot more information for them to understand what it takes to move forward. Mm
0: -hmm. Do you have any advice for all of those um young entrepreneurs out there who are trying to move into food? You know, like you have like started started a food business that you have. Oh I think in Singapore in particular
1: it's uh we are having it very lucky now hmm. because there are many um, enablers like for example Innovate three sixty
0: hmm.
1: Enterprise SG. So they have been conducting or enabling many, many um, well I would say seminars, workshops and hmm. even the polytechnics are all coming together to create opportunities for um, young startups mm-hmm. uh like NUS enterprise for example right. yeah so um i would say try to sign up for all these workshops go to all these open houses attend in uh, attend some of these seminars and to to get more ideas talk to people network i think the only way out is just to get out there mm-hmm. and 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 make friends within the industry because mm-hmm. from there you will be able to pick up ideas as well as avoid certain pain points, And I think the important thing, especially, I guess, is in the industry is to keep a very open mind mm. and to adopt a, a very collaborative,
0: collective mindset. Mm. Mm. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was really great speaking with you. Thank you also, everyone, for listening to this podcast as well. And I wish everyone a great day ahead. For Food Navigator Asia, this is Perlene, signing off.